0: Uh, What I want to do again this morning, this afternoon for me, um, or early evening for me, but morning I think for you, uh, is again to turn to Psalm 46, which I've done the last few times, and we're going to look at verses 8 to 9 today. So Psalm 46, verses 8 to 9. Come, behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Well, those are stirring words, are they not? Um, and I, whenever I, I whenever I speak on Psalm 46, I'm reminded of a series of messages that I heard um, Pastor Al Martin give many, many years ago. I'm not sure if they're on sermon audio or not, but um, I haven't looked recently, but uh, a great inspiration. Uh, But this psalm is God's answer to his people in days of trouble. Uh, They are solid answers to real questions. Uh, It has been suggested that possibly uh, Isaiah was the writer of this psalm. Whether that is the case, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, But certainly it has a great relevance to us, I'm sure. And the Bible addresses the real and the vital issues of life, as we have seen um, as I have mentioned already, verses 1 to 3, uh, the question is, what will happen to me? Well, God will protect and sustain his people, whatever disaster may happen to them. And then in verses 4 to 7, secondly, what will happen to the church? And I hope we've seen that God watches over his church and keeps her safe, whatever opposition she may face. But thirdly, what will happen in the world or to the world? Verses 8 to 11. Well, we're only going to look at verses eight and nine today, but God demonstrates his victory over all the nations and the defeat of all his enemies. What a great encouraging thing that is, because if the living God is our savior and Lord, then we have every cause to be uh, confident. We have, if, if not, then you have every reason to fear. But if the Lord is your God, then we have every reason to be confident Here is a psalm that is full of the solid logic of faith. The child of God is confident in God as his refuge, strength and very present help and comfort. But what about the world? What about this world in which we live? We live in troubled days, do we not? Days of confusion and uncertainty. Uh, Certainly here in, um, in Britain, we are Um, Many people are very alarmed by what is going on in in Russia and Ukraine at this time. Uh, But, of course, that's not the only part of the world that is full of confusion and uncertainty. Uh, Days when even so-called great men and leaders of the nations don't know what to do or where to turn or how to answer. Who is in control of the world? Who knows where we're heading? Who knows what will happen to us? and i've been really upset in recent days how many christians seem to be gripped by a fear uh, because of particularly in in britain because of the the situation in in russia and and ukraine uh, what about nuclear accident what if this is world war 3 people say what about terrorism what, of, what about the danger of criminal activity increasing today i don't know about in america but certainly in britain men are bold in crime like never before car thefts uh, people being uh, uh, being um, uh, attacked uh, literally pulled out of their cars and and left by the roadside and and while people jump in and and steal the car knife crime is on the increase so uh, many many in in britain are really fearful about knife crime uh, So many people have been killed, been knifed to death, uh, death, uh, death in recent years, in recent months. Youths running through offices and grabbing what they can and no one seems to be able to stop them. The fear of disease, the spread of AIDS and pollution and all kinds of things and the insidious nature of all kinds of industrial processes. And nobody knows what the long term effects are. And certainly in Britain, I don't know what it is like in in America, but an increasing anxiety among the old that the doctor that they have trusted for years may no longer care for them if he should uh, determine that their quality of life doesn't warrant the expense of caring for them. And there have been a number of issues recently in, in our country where um people uh, there was a, a a youngster who was uh the, the 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 medical people said his quality of life means that we will turn off the machinery that was keeping him alive um uh, against the uh, the 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 plea of the parents uh, and others well how does a christian react in times like these well i think these verses these verses eight and nine help to answer this so let me just give you one or two things quickly firstly what we must do. Verse 8a, come, behold the works of the Lord. Now that word come is a word that can be translated either come or go. It comes from a root word, word meaning walk about. Um, it has the sense of both come and go. In other words, come here and I will tell you what you where you must go and what you must see. Not that to see something small and insignificant, but to recognize what God is doing and what God has done. See the full display of God's handiwork. Behold the works of Jehovah. Our God is the God who speaks and who acts. Now, a few years ago, there was a great emphasis upon the fact that, oh, God doesn't speak. The word of God is not really the word of God, said some people, Uh, but God acts. He does things, but we must interpret what he does. And of course, the Bible is just a record of man's interpretation of what they think God meant. But many today don't even acknowledge that God acts today. One error led to another. And today there's a widespread abandonment of any belief in the power of God. But our God speaks and he acts, he does uh, things and he acts in the affairs of men and of nations. And the Bible is indeed the very word of God. He has not left us without a witness. These are real facts of history. God interferes in the affairs of his world. He's no passive observer. Thank God that he has interfered and intervened. If he he didn't, we would never know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and his saving power. Now, I haven't time now, but we could go and look at this in many, many passages of scriptures. The old Puritan John Trapp said this, God looks that his works should be well observed. And especially uh, when he hath uh, wrought any great deliverance for his people of all things, He cannot abide to be forgotten. (laughs) That's a great word, isn't it? You see, the believer sees God everywhere, whereas the unbeliever sees him nowhere. Secondly, what we must consider, second part of verse 8, who has made desolations in the earth. And what the psalmist is saying is take a good look at what God has done, not a casual glance, but take a good look. Take in what God has done. See what the enemies of God have attempted to destroy the city of God, but they are powerless. Psalm 48, of course, takes this up in verses four to eight. We won't stop with it now. Um, But uh, God uh, uh, brings about victory for his people. And from that, the psalmist in Psalm 48 is encouraged to declare the keeping power of God for what God has done in the past, he will continue to do for his people. And God's desolations on the nations are not haphazard. They are the inevitable result of their rejection of him and his word. We see that illustrated in the flood. We see that illustrated at Sodom and Gomorrah. We see that illustrated with Pharaoh. We see that illustrated with God's defeat of Sennacherib's army. History is his story. And all the events of the world today will never take him by surprise. He is still on the throne of the universe. His actions are desolations to the unbeliever, but to the true believer, God's constant care and overruling grace is ever our source of comfort and assurance. Let me just give you quickly a few words from Spurgeon. I've got a much longer quote, but I'll just give you this. Spurgeon says this, whenever we read history, it should be with this verse sounding in our ears. We should read the newspaper in the same spirit to see how the head of the church rules the nations for his people's good, as Joseph governed Egypt for the sake of Israel. What desolations he has made in the earth. The destroyers he destroys, the desolators he desolates. How forcible is this verse at at this date? The ruined cities, says Spurgeon, of Assyria, Babylon, Petra, Bashan, Canaan are are, our instructors and in tables of stone record the doings of the Lord. In every place where his cause and crown have been disregarded, ruin has surely followed. Sin has been a blight on the nations, and left their palaces in heaps. Well, Spurgeon goes on at greater length. I haven't time to give you that uh, this, this, uh, this evening. Thirdly, What must we learn, verse nine? He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in sunder and burns the chariot in the fire. What must we learn? We must have a biblical worldview. We live in a day when we've all been indoctrinated with atheistic humanism in our educational processes. Our media is riddled with a philosophy of life that is anti-God. We are bombarded with a worldview that takes no account of God forever. Uh, But who is at work in the events of their world? Man is at work and the devil is at work. But above and beyond, beyond all others, God is at work. This is God's world. And he orders all events to fulfill his purposes and bring about his judgments. We have a Christian worldview. Why natural disasters? Well, they're often a judgment on the willful rejection of God's word. When men and nations willfully cling to their heathen gods of fear and idols of demons, when the Christian gospel has been preached among them. And that's a reminder, a warning that all of us will face judgment uh, at the last. If God so judges the heathen nations who refuse to turn from their idols and hear his call of salvation, what about us? We who have so many blessings, so many opportunities, no one in the West will ever be able to say that they never had the chance to hear the gospel. And thank God for those who are going out to every other area of the world to preach this glorious gospel. Now, again, I have never been to America, uh, but I do know uh, my own country here in Britain. And I feel that here in Britain, God's judgment is on us today. There is a lack of good gospel preaching. There is a lack of clear, clear Christian witness in high places. There is a lack of seriousness about eternal issues even amongst evangelical Christians, we need to stand against the world. We need to stand for God. George Whitfield, his friends, tried to get him to join in their sins. Eventually, they gave up, saying that he was rather a singular and unusual fellow, and they taunted him. My friends, when the world taunts us, it is hard to bear. But it's time for us to stand up and be counted, to have a Christian worldview. We will not be drawn into compromise with the world. We will lay hold upon God and learn that God will bring peace by the destruction of evil, that God will yet come in blessing upon his people, that peace only comes when the war against sin is over. And until then, we're in the thick of the battle. But this is God's world. Make sure that you are on the victory side. God bless you, my friends.